Welcome to Tech Talk on the Nachum Siegel Network. I'm your host, Aryeh Lightstone. You can listen to us on jmintheam.org or nachumsiegel.com if by now you have not downloaded our awesome new app. I highly suggest you head to the uh, iTunes store or the uh, Play store on Google on the Android devices. Uh, download that app. Listen to us there. It's really incredible, all the different features and uh, being added to daily and, and the excitement that's going on. So we're here on Tech Talk. You can listen to us in numerous different ways. As always, we are proud to be sponsored by our friends at Adorama Camera, more than just a camera store. Please check them out online at adorama.com or visit them in person at 42 West 18th Street. By this uh, time, mo- most of you have received Father's Day gifts if you're getting them or purchased them if you purchase them or ignoring the day if that's what you do. Uh, nonetheless, if you're feeling pretty good about yourself this week and we're interested in making maybe an exchange or uh, upgrading or something else like that, uh, let's head into Adorama. Either visit them in person or go ahead and check them out online and, and see what it is that you really wanted and, uh, you know, splurge. Have a great time. Uh, so we are excited today uh, to really feature for our Second time on Tech Talk, uh, a leader in a funding realm of technology. We're having Andrew Scharf on from Our Crowd. Andrew currently serves as the vice president for Our Crowd and is based in New York. His responsibilities include expanding the company's investor base, forging strategic investment partnerships, and helping Our Crowd's portfolio companies grow towards successful exits. Prior to joining Our Crowd in April 2014, which means pretty recently, Andrew was a principal at Scharf Brothers LLC, a family investment firm with offices in New York City and Florida. While at Scharf Brothers, Andrew actively managed a portfolio of publicly traded equities and also established the firm's real estate division, which now consists of over 4,000 apartments in the Philadelphia area. Before joining his family's investment firm, Andrew was an investment banker at Peter J. Solomon Company, a leading boutique investment bank based in New York City. While at the firm, he focused on advising clients on mergers and acquisitions, as well as restructurings. Andrew attended the Phillips Academy Andover and graduated from the University of Pennsylvania with a Bachelor of Arts degree in history. So frankly, uh, you know, Andrew, first of all, welcome to the show. Thank you very much, Ari. It's great to be here. Uh, we're, we're very excited to have you on. I, I, I feel a special kinship to our crowd um, and to the people of our crowd. But frankly, I, I, I'd love to spend an hour with you talking about uh, what you learned at Penn uh, in terms of history. I know that's not necessarily why the audience signed on to uh, to, to listen to Tech Talk, to, to hear the two of us speak about history. But uh, uh, maybe we'll start with the softball a little bit. How does a history major uh, wind up getting involved in, in, in this sector? Uh, that's a terrific question, and it's a question that I get asked a lot. Uh, when I got to Penn, there's a lot of great majors to choose from, and I always sort of knew that I wanted to go into business eventually. Uh, but I always had a passion for history, uh, specifically U.S. history, and Penn is a terrific department. So I decided that I would focus on history and also take business classes on the side. So I think... Uh, History gave me the ability to conduct tremendous amounts of research uh, and learn about, uh, you know, a, why I studied primarily American history, but uh, American military history, actually. But, you know, I studied many different periods of history. And I think uh, that sort of gave me the ability to analyze uh, things from a historical perspective and apply that uh, to investments. And uh, as the old saying goes, those who uh, don't learn from history are doomed to repeat it. And uh, I took a bunch of finance classes, and here I am. Uh, I've been working in the finance world for uh, about seven years now. So that's that's outstanding. You know, it, there is a, a commonality in between, and it's certainly not a scientific study by any stretch of the imagination. But it happens to be the three meetings that I took most recently with people in your field who were involved with the study of history, either undergrad or even for graduate degrees, seems to have had a emphasis on the military history. Uh, I don't know if there are any commonalities or common denominators to that or just pure luck and happenstance, uh, but I'm not sure if you if you extrapolate or can draw specific um, understanding or a correlation from that study to the world of 
business today? Uh, well, I think you can. I mean, especially in military history, uh, when you're analyzing a specific battle uh, or conflict, uh, there's a number of different parties involved, different battalions and different brigades, and they're all coming from different angles, and each one has a specific task uh, and a specific mission. And that does have an analogy in business. Uh, when you're involved in a business transaction, uh, everybody wants uh, a different thing and has a different objective. Uh, and it, it isn't always hostile like in warfare, um, but I think if you have the ability to understand everybody's motives and goals um, in a business transaction, uh, you'll reach the best uh, possible outcome. So studying you know, history and, and specific military history, I think, has led me to have sort of a unique perspective on uh, how to affect transactions in the most uh, meaningful way. And and for our listening audience that's out there, oftentimes we'll have guests come on uh, and all interesting and unique in their own right. But we do spend a fair amount of time talking about, you know, sort of what the balance sheet and revenue and but there's more to it than that. There's a concept of motivation and strategy and and almost everybody, whether it's a company or an individual, does have their role that they're looking to play that that can be spoken to more from a story or a lore, right, from uh, coming at whatever perspective they're coming at, then can be boiled down to simply in, you know, dollars and cents. Is that, is that fair? Sure. I think that's that's totally fair to say. Okay. So that that was not at all where I was planning on kicking off the interview from. I really wanted to talk, uh, you know, sort of how you got to where you are and what you're doing and to, and to understand a little bit about our crowd. But maybe let's start a little bit differently. We, we did a very little background. We're going to get back to that in a little bit. Can you tell us, we had the chance to have John Medved on, I think, our second show. And we had him on for maybe an eight-minute segment. It was pretty interesting. I uh, had an opportunity to sort of explain what our crowd was doing. I had a chance to attend uh, two of your events in the last uh, eight weeks. Um, okay. Walk our audience through really quickly. What is our crowd? What are you looking to do? What have you done? And let's get more into some of the nitty gritty after that. Sure. Uh, well, briefly about our crowd. Uh, our crowd is the world's leading equity crowdfunding platform. And what that means is, uh, and we focus on Israeli startups. We're based in Jerusalem. Uh, that's where our largest office is. Um, and we focus on investing in Israeli high-tech companies. But what a crowdfunding company does is we have a pool of 5,000 approximately accredited investors that invest alongside us in deals that we curate. And we source deals from Israel and globally and then launch them on our website and allow our accredited investors uh, to invest in them. And we... Uh, invest in early-stage companies in a wide variety of sectors. Um, So you can think of us as a Israeli venture capital firm with a crowdfunding arm uh, attached to it, and we have a great investor base that's enthused, energized, um, and vibrant, and we're always looking to to grow it. And that's sort of a, I guess, 30,000-foot view of our crowd and what we do. Okay, so just for, for the audience that's out there, I had a chance to attend fairly recently a presentation of a company that our crowd, I don't know whether it's the seal of approval, have chosen to actively invest. Andrew, you'll tell us the, the specific terms, and it was at a um, location in the city, and I'll tell you, the people that I interacted with and, and networked with there, both from the investors, from the professionals and our crowd uh, who were there facilitating and obviously running the event, as well as the company that was there pitching, there was such a sense of enthusiasm and excitement uh, when you walked into the air. It wasn't stiff and stuffy like a regular business investor relation meeting. It wasn't um, so formal that it would be at at a you know a, a, in a formal bo- a, you know boardroom something like that. There there was. Really a sense of, and I don't know how you guys managed to balance it, and maybe you can speak about the corporate culture for a minute, but there was a sense both of a, a informal <laughs> collaboration, but as well as specifics, you know, this is at the end of the day, it is about the dollars and cents, but this is a different way to get to those dollars and cents. So, so can you, can you speak to how you blended that concept of the crowd, but also the professionalism? Cause it, it, had I not seen it myself, it would be very difficult to try to articulate. 
Sure. Well, one of the major value propositions that our crowd offers to the companies that we invest uh, is our investor base. Um, and we love when our investors help our companies. And we encourage that interaction. Uh, and because we have such a diverse investor base, uh, you know, that has expertise in numerous industries from healthcare to consumer to retail, they're able to add tremendous strategic value to our companies. So that interaction creates a symbiotic relationship that allows the companies in which we invest to succeed uh, and also our investors to be profitable should they choose to invest in a company. Um, and as far as your comment towards, uh, you know, the atmosphere at the event uh, and the excitement about the particular company, a lot of that is due to what's going on in Israel. Israel is the startup nation. We are based in Israel. Uh, the most cutting-edge technologies in the world uh, are emanating from the Holy Land, uh, and we will always be uh, an Israeli startup, and we're proud of that. And that's why I think it's, uh, you know, there's such a buzz around a lot of our events because the technologies are so exciting themselves. Uh, so I hope that answers your question. Okay, sure. Meaning it, it is, you do have the wow factor, and, and maybe we'll talk about the specific company because I do see it up on the website. But I want a chance for everybody uh, out there. If you're, if you're what I call an active listener, some some are certainly passive listeners, and that's what we do on the radio on occasion. But I know many of you are out there at, at your desk, either at home or at work, uh, sort of following along. And if you're seeing it on the app, it's already loaded in front of you. But if you're just listening, go to our crowd, o u r crowd, c r o w d dot com. Check out our crowd. They've got a very informative, uh, you know, two and a half minute video on the front. Don't play that while you're listening to us and you miss out on some excitement here with Andrew and I. But, uh, check out, check out the website and, and everywhere from the how it works and the, you know, our team and the companies that they're, uh, featuring and working through. And that's what sort of the next question comes on. How, how do you, how do you filter? How do you, how does a company become an our crowd company? What, what's that process look like? Well, we go through, we have a terrific deal team uh, that's based in Israel, and I assist them here in New York. Um, and the diligence process is extremely rigorous, uh, and we see hundreds of deals a month, uh, and we pass on almost all of them. Uh, for a company to make it through our gates, uh, they it has to be more than just an idea. It has to be an operating business. Uh, we prefer to invest uh, in companies that have, been founded by seasoned entrepreneurs. Um, we're sector agnostic, so the companies can be in virtually any sector, uh, and they have to have a clear runway uh, to revenue growth and active customers or in the process of acquiring active customers. Um, but, you know, we do a very deep dive on each one of the companies that we invest. We meet closely with management. We interview their customers um, we speak to management extensively. Uh, if we're co-investing with another venture capital firm, uh, we review their diligence as well, and we share our diligence with them. Uh, so it's an extremely picky process. So we try to really curate uh, top, not top, the top quality uh, venture deals in Israel and globally. And, and when you have this team that's going through these hundreds of deals, and you say that you are focused on revenue. I know that's a question that we get often, and I'll take the moment just to sort of remind everybody, feel free to reach out to me, follow me on Twitter. I know a bunch of you do already, at Lightstone A. Certainly follow our crowd. You can like them on Facebook and follow them on Twitter and, and other ways to interact with them. You can find all of that at the bottom of their website at ourcrowd.com. Uh, if you feel like Google Plusing, I guess you can do that as well. Uh, I feel bad never giving that much of a shout-out. But – um you know, maybe I'm the only guy who ever gives it a shout out. So neither here nor there. Um, you know, when when you're seeing these companies, a lot of the interaction that we get, you know, we have an audience that might be scarred from the Pets.com days. That that there is a, you know, they don't get why WhatsApp uh, traded at whatever multiple that was that it traded at, um, and are familiar with you know businesses that make stuff and people buy stuff. Um, and sometimes when you mention the world tech or startup, it's a little bit 
a little bit scary. Can you explain maybe specifically why some of these companies in Israel are things that people do buy and there are customers and there are revenue sources and it's not just a, you know, uh, an advertising sales play? Because having looked at a lot of your portfolio, I don't know if I saw anything that was purely an advertising or sales play there. Uh, no, I mean, we have some companies that are in that space. Um, but a great example uh, of an Israeli company uh, that ha- you know is an operating business is a very interesting company called Abe's Market, uh, and you can visit their web- website at abesmarket.com. Uh, and what Abe's Market is is uh, probably the leading online natural and organics products retailer. You can think of it as Whole Foods meets Amazon, uh, and all of their technology is based in Israel, and their sourcing and business development is based in America. And uh, that company has experienced tremendous growth because, you know, as we all have seen with Whole Foods and other, you know, organic food retailers, that sector has grown exponentially over the past few years. And Abe's Market realized this trend, and they curated a website that adheres to natural and organics food and products consumers, um, and their founders are seasoned entrepreneurs that have a lot of experience in those space, um, and they started uh, an online retailer, and it's highly successful. It's growing, um, and that's a tremendous company, and, you know, that's a an established operating business with revenue, uh, it's growing employees and is more, I mean, it's an, it's an e-commerce company, but it's, it's a tangible operating business. I, I don't know if that answers your question, Ari, but sure. uh, that was, no, it, that was, it, the, first, does, that was the first company that jumped to mind. At, at what stage does a company like that uh, come seek out our crowd? Or does our crowd find them? And why, if they're an established business, would, would they need uh, you know, our crowd at that stage? Well, I mean, companies always need capital. Uh, and I think uh, Abe's market in particular realized uh, that we could add tremendous value because a number of our investors are active in the natural and organic space. Um, and we were able to make a number, a couple of strategic introductions on their behalf that enabled them to grow their business dramatically and also provide them business development advice. Um, so we were happy to fund a company like Abe's, uh, and that's sort of how it works. People find out about us. They recognize that we have a huge base of accredited investors, uh, that's knowledgeable and savvy. And each one of our investors has their own specific expertise in the field and companies, I think, want to tap into that. Uh, so that's why we've gotten access to such great deals, uh, because companies, want to uh, use not only our crowd's infrastructure, but also gain access to our back end, which is our tremendous energized investor base that, that really helps our companies at, at every stage. See, I, I, I love companies that come up with ideas that you're like, wow, I wish I had thought of that, or I could have thought of that, because to a great degree, that says it makes sense. And, and I'm going to remind our audience that they're listening to Tech Talk on Nachum Siegel Network. I'm your host, Arya Lightstone. We're very pleased to have with us today Andrew Scharf from Our Crowd. You're listening to us either on jmintheam.org or nachumsiegel.com. Hopefully, uh, by now, in the last uh, 18 minutes or so, you've downloaded our app, and you might be listening to us there. As always, we're proud to be sponsored by our friends at Adorama Camera. More than just a camera store, please check them out online at adorama.com or visit them in person at 42 West 18th Street. So I was commenting that, you know, those ideas that you're like, oh, that makes sense, but then you add a twist to it that you're like, oh, not only does that make sense, it makes more sense. And I'll tell you sort of where I'm going with that. Uh, we had a company on a couple weeks ago that that sort of created an alliance of uh, uh, independent coffee shops in New York City. And I was thinking, okay, it's a nice idea, but when would it ever be relevant to me? And and I, I took a series of meetings in New York City this past week, and lo and behold, I was at five different independent coffee shops, and they were all members of this Cups app. And I'm like, yeah, this is pretty awesome. It, it, it makes a fair amount of sense uh, to the consumer as well as 
as well as to the uh, to the company because that would in all likelihood if I was having a sixth meeting uh, I would have planned to be in one of those places also and you know you get sort of the advantage of you know what you're getting and you know how you're spending it so I always looked at our crowd as an advantage for people much like our audience who are accredited investors. Uh, but might not have the mechanism or the wherewithal to go ahead and be real players in the tech or the startup world. So, you, you know, you might be able to make a 10000 or maybe a 100000 or maybe even a $250,000 uh, investment in a company, but you might not have the – uh, background or the, the research capability or what, what's a good company versus what's not a good company. This gives us an opportunity to get out there and to, and to be involved in what I think is incredibly exciting. So that's really how I thought of our crowd and that's how I wanted to frame it for the audience and we'll certainly close with, with that. But you're just pitching a completely different idea that I wouldn't have thought of, but at the end of the day it makes sense that there is tremendous value for the company rather than taking a, call it a million and a half dollar contribution from one VC that may have very specific expertise in one direction, there may be value in getting uh, 50 different people who, as accredited investors, certainly have expertise and tentacles into numerous different places. So the company may actually even benefit from having our crowd behind them more than a traditional VC. Is that is that – am I understanding what correct. you're saying in that way and correctly? That's, that's totally accurate. I can give you another example if that will be helpful. Please. We're actually we're currently funding a company called Simagine, uh, which is a company that ocu- that that operates in a space called augmented reality. And what Simagine does is they've adapted Israeli missile technology, uh, similar to what's used in the Iron Dome and in uh, I believe anti-tank missiles, and they've adapted it, believe it or not, to furniture retail. And they enable uh, a retailer. Uh, and the consumer to uh, take a product, so to speak, home with them and visualize it how it would look in their home from the store. Uh, and it's much easier uh, to watch the videos on YouTube or on our website. The company is called Simagine, C-I-M-A-G-I-N-E. Uh, and you can go to a furniture store uh, that participates in this company uh, and choose an item, and then go into your home, and on your iPad, you can hold it up to where you would like the furniture placed, and it'll scan the room, and you'll see an image of that sofa or that chair in your house as if it were actually there. You can manipulate it. You can see it in different colors, different textures, fabrics, zoom in and zoom out. And then you can actually buy it after you see how it looks in your home. So that eliminates the whole process of buying something, not liking how it looks in your living room or den, your wife getting angry because you brought home a huge lounge chair that doesn't really fit. You can actually buy it in your home. And that company uh, is on board with us. We're currently funding them now. And we have, it happens, a number of investors that are in the furniture business and can add value to that company almost immediately. Um, so we're able to help companies like that in a number of different ways. Uh, we're, we always introduce our investors that we think can add value directly to the company's CEO. We set up meetings for them. Uh, so we're a very active team, uh, in that respect. And, and we really believe that our investors add tremendous value to our company. So that's another example of, uh, you know, tapping our investor base, uh, in this case, in the furniture and retail industry to help. Uh, a really cutting-edge uh, retail technology company. Yeah, you're explaining that company, and I had a chance to be there for the pitch event for that, and, and a big thank you to our crowd for including me. Um, you know why it's fun? It's because somebody decided how they can manipulate a missile for anti-tank or for Iron Dome to protect the state of Israel and also can enhance uh, your home shopping experience. And if, <laughs> if you were to it's take amazing. the two ideas – uh, you know, maybe that's the comparison to studying U.S. history and, and military, uh, you know, to, to advance technology and, and e-commerce. Um, it, it's, it's just awesome. You know what I'm saying? It's, the, it's, it's taking that and it's, you just sit there in the room and, and, and if you spent, you know, days trying to brainstorm what two things would ever affect e-commerce in terms of your ability to buy a sofa, you probably wouldn't assume that it's missile technology. Um, 
And there was just enthusiasm with that. Um, uh, from a second perspective, for the audience that's out there listening, and, and I would encourage all of you, ma- many of us have dabbled or have considered dabbling or certainly have been approached uh, to invest in various different startups and different technology opportunities. Uh, some of us have made a couple of dollars. Many of us have lost several dollars. Uh, our crowd brings the expertise, but don't think – for a minute, I'm doing you a little bit of a sales job because I am quite enamored uh, with what you guys are doing. But don't think for for a minute that it's the same thing as putting your money with a uh, you know a, a money manager where you know they'll get you an X, Y, and Z return and you can call and check in on it, but you don't really have any say and you don't have any real knowledge. Our crowd does allow the investor, not allow, encourages, mandates the investor to play an active role in the investments that they are going to make. Right? You're not investing in a fund in our crowd. You're investing through our crowd in specific companies. Is that correct? That's 100% correct. Our investors choose precisely what companies they wish to invest in, how much they wish to invest in. So they're not investing in a blind investment vehicle. They know the opportunity. Uh, you know, we, we usually launch every deal with a webinar on our website and present it to our entire investor base. Uh, we send out materials including deal terms, a summary of our diligence, uh, company presentation, other relevant materials, uh, our whole investor base is briefed, and then they determine themselves whether or not they want to invest. The minimum investment size is $10,000, uh, and we take it from there. And it's really uh, as simple as that. You have to be uh, accredited by a third party. That's uh, one of our stipulations. But apart from that, uh, it's a very democratic process, and we've really opened the gates of top-tier, uh, world-class venture capital investing, uh, we've opened it up to the world and made it much more accessible and much more transparent and much more open. And those are part of our fundamental values as a company. And, and talk to me in terms of, you know, what the interrelationship is with with these lead, sort of the, the, the deal flow coming from Jerusalem. What enables our crowd to have access to some of the top deals there. T- tell us a little bit about the personalities that are involved in, and sort of, you know, we're, we're not the only people to have read the book Startup Nation, uh, meaning there, there are other, you know, uh, companies that have been around longer that potentially have even greater track records, and you sure. see the companies, and you see the growth of our crowd. What, what's, what's the differentiation that our crowd offers? Well, I think, uh, you know, for starters, in terms of deal flow and uh, name recognition and just triumphing the birth and rebirth and constant growth of Startup Nation is our CEO, uh, John Medved, who works tirelessly to spread the word about all of the positive things that are going on in the Israel business community. Um, so it really starts at the top with our crowd. John is a tremendous leader. Uh, he's a force in the industry. Uh, he has created a revolutionary investment vehicle with our crowd. Um, and then it follows with the rest of the team. Uh, we have a fund, we have a fantastic, uh, group of people in Israel and globally, uh, that work with John, um, to source and find these opportunities. Uh, and it's really a team effort. And there's a, actually I'm leaving on Wednesday night to Israel. We're having a global team summit in Israel. Uh, and we really believe in the strength of our team, uh, and doing things together. And that mentality really starts at the top and trickles down. Um, and we all, you know, believe in the startup nation and encourage, uh, our investors to get on board with us and to participate in the great things that we're doing. And, and, and you know, we had, I had the chance to, to spend part of Friday night dinner with, uh, had the opportunity to spend Friday night dinner with, uh, with John Medved. I, I think in Vegas at a convention, uh, maybe two, three months ago. And, right. uh, and one of the things that he said when he got up to speak, I thought was very powerful, and we've recognized this on the show. And if you have any pull and you can get Scarlett Johansson on our show, we'd be pretty excited about that. We gave her uh, much in the way of kudos for, for standing up for SodaStream and, and Jay Leno, who's just in Israel. And we understand there is a strong undertow of, uh, of, of trying to 
undercut uh, the Israeli economy with BDS, boycott, divestment, and sanctions. And, and, and John said to obviously a very pro-Israel crowd, he said, you know what, everybody in this room with means uh, has the ability to do something that most of the rest of the world throughout you know, Jewish history couldn't do with, you know, in, in you know, ancient forms of BDS, you know, however those manifested itself. And he said, very simple, buy Israel, uh, invest Israel. And uh, and not only do you need to make that investment like Israeli bonds, which might or might not be a good investment. I'm not a financial guy. You'd be better off answering that. But the in our crowd investment, the, the startup nation, not only can you feel strongly about what you're doing, but you can make a lot of money. That's true. Uh, you know, we can't promise any returns. We hope all of our investors will do well. Um, but you're absolutely right. Uh, this is a tremendous way to invest in Israel. If you're uh, a, a person with Zionist inclinations, uh, if you believe uh, in Israel, you're against BDS, um, you know, this goes way beyond uh, planting a tree, which, by the way, is a tremendous thing to do. Um, but this is we've taken a way to really invest in Israel and grow the Israeli economy uh, through funding these terrific startups. And as the startups grow, they create more jobs in Israel, more jobs globally, and that makes Israel a stronger nation. And that's something that benefits everyone, I believe. I, I think you're 100% correct. And oftentimes here we we become spectators and and passive uh, spectators in, in the news and, and wonder what we can do. And, and one of the things you can do right now at, at your computer, certainly don't do it while driving, but, but at your computer at home or at work, go to the website, Our Crowd. Um, does it help, Andrew, if they reach out to you specifically? Absolutely. Um, My email address is andrew at ourcrowd.com, O-U-R-C-R-O-W-D.com, and I'm happy to field any questions directly by email. And, uh, and we'll take this uh, brief pause to remind everybody that they're listening to Tech Talk on the Nachum Siegel Network. I'm your host, Arye Leitzen. We have Andrew Scharf here, Senior Vice President at Our Crowd. You're listening to us either in jmintheam.org or nachumsiegel.com. Uh, remind you about our app once again. As always, we are proud to be sponsored by our friends at Adorama Camera. More than just a camera store, please check them out online at adorama.com or visit them in person at 42 West 18th Street. You know, Tech Talk hasn't been around for that long. We haven't even reached our one-year anniversary. Uh, you guys are like grandfathers compared to us. I think you guys are, what, at 14 months? Uh, we are a little more than 14 months. Uh, we're approaching a two-year anniversary. Approaching a two-year anniversary, so you know, in most businesses, that that's practically a newborn. Um, We're just with, getting started, Ra. It, it, but you've <laughs> achieved the the milestones. Can can you share with our audience some of the stuff that you guys have have achieved, even since you've come on board in April? But I'm saying, I think it's important for people to understand that that to a degree, this world is not a world where where you're necessarily waiting ten years. Uh, to see how you're doing, you're, you're checked and rechecked pretty quickly. So, if, if you know, take take two three minutes if you don't mind, and, and sort of give us you know the highlights, and then we'll talk a little bit more practically uh, about some of unfortunately, I'm sure the lowlights that that uh, that also exist. But but walk us through some of the some of the achievements that our crowd has done uh, sure. in the last I'd, period. I'd, of time. I'd be happy to, and I'm not quite sure where to begin, so I'll just uh, I can give you a brief history of the company and you know highlight Perfect. some of the terrific milestones that we've achieved recently. Um, our crowd uh, has successfully funded uh, 39 companies. We've invested over $50 million into those companies, um, which makes us the largest equity crowdfunding platform globally. Uh, and we recently completed uh, for ourselves, because we ourselves are a startup, uh, we completed a Series B round of financing. Uh, we raised $25 million dollars. Uh, which was a record for a crowdfunding website, um, the crowdfunding platform. Uh, and we're growing. We're growing every day. Uh, and it's not uh, just growth. It's meaningful growth. Every uh, you know few weeks, we add another meaningful, innovative company to the platform. Uh, we... Uh, introduce our companies to another meaningful client. Uh, so every single day, uh, we're growing smarter, uh, we're growing faster, and we're growing stronger. 
Um, and those milestones that I mentioned, the 39 companies that we funded, the over $50 million raised for our companies, approximately 80% of which are based in Israel, and the $25 million we've raised for our crowd uh, as a general partnership, uh, those put us in the top tier of equity crowdfunding platform uh, in existence, and we're proud of it, and it comes through the tireless work of our entire team. Uh, and it starts at the top, and it goes throughout uh, every single employee in our crowd in every one of our offices in Jerusalem, uh, our new office in New York, in San Diego, uh, where we started in America, uh, our new offices in Australia and London. Uh, the whole team uh, works hard every day, so hopefully... Uh, God willing, we can achieve many more positive milestones uh, that positively impact the state of Israel. Yeah, and 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 yield larger returns for your investors, hopefully. Exactly, that is the goal, uh, and that's what we aim to do. And I think we're on the right track and doing a good job so far. Okay, good. So, so tell me. Tell me now, now that we sort of did the, the high level and we did some of the intricacies in terms of becoming an investor and how companies potentially make it onto your platform in, in the, the time that we've got left, I really wanted to focus on, on two different issues if it's okay with you. Number one is, you know, you're a history major uh, and then you went to, and I'm not going to dwell on that anymore. I'm not curious about your GPA or anything. Have no concern. But, uh, you know, what you're doing now is, is quite a distance from doing, you know, uh, Real estate in Philadelphia. That's I understand they're both in the world uh, of finance. How, how do you make that jump? Well, here's what happened. Uh, I was working with my family office, and I've known John Medved, our CEO, uh, for almost my entire life. Uh, we met, our families met on a Pesach program in Arizona about 27 years ago. Uh, so I've known John for a very long time. And after I finished a uh, stint at a great investment bank here in New York, I worked for my family. And as you mentioned before, uh, we traded our own equity book and uh, built a significant real estate practice in Philadelphia. And we were in Israel at around the time our crowd was launching a couple of years ago. And John presented us with this idea. And we immediately became investors because we wanted the opportunity to invest in Israel. We wanted uh, exposure to venture capital. Uh, and we liked the idea that our crowd invested in all different sectors. So we could construct ourselves a sector agnostic portfolio um, that wasn't weighted towards any particular industry. So just, I, I um, so want to pause on that because I know you mentioned that before. Just explain to our audience what the value is in having a sector agnostic portfolio versus being sector specific, if you don't mind. Sure. Uh, well, a sector specific portfolio would be something that just focuses on you know, medical devices or medical technology. Uh, and if that industry, you know, goes south, your investments will likely suffer. But what our crowd enables you to do is construct a portfolio of companies in advertising technology, cybersecurity, medical technology, e-commerce, all different industries, so that you really insulate yourself uh, from risk and create a more diverse portfolio of startups for yourself. Got it. So th there, there is a, there is an advantage in terms of expanding your, and, and maybe, and this, um, as, as you mentioned, it's just coming into my mind, maybe a regular, a regular, maybe that's the wrong term, um, traditional investment firm wouldn't have the ability to be so broad in terms of the sector, but it's specifically the crowdfunding that enables you to be able to be so diverse. I don't, I don't know whether that's actually true. I'm just sort of throwing that out as a thought process. Uh, I think it gives us some flexibility. <laughs> I think uh, there's definitely some truth to that. Uh, yes, some funds like to focus on specific industries. Uh, we feel like uh, we have a terrific board of advisors. Our team uh, comes from diverse backgrounds and is capable of analyzing deals in different sectors. So we feel very comfortable uh, investing across all sectors. And I will add that our crowd uh, invests alongside uh, our investor community uh, itself. And therefore, what that means is we would not launch a deal on our website if we did not believe in it ourselves. So we really put our money where our mouth is as a company. Mm -hmm. um, and that's something that we take extremely seriously. Got it. Okay. 
And so, so your family was interested in both the, the, the world that it was playing in from a startup world, but as well as the, the diverse exposure that it would give you in this, in this thing. And, uh, you know, a, a, a lasting relationship with John, which I'm sure part of it is the trust factor as well. Correct. Um, so where did, where did you go from And that? once we got to know the rest of the team, uh, that trust factor was increased even more. Um, and we became investors and we invested in the company and then we began, uh, getting emails about the new deals that we're launching. And I was sort of put in charge of these investments and they were really exciting opportunities. And I, you know, as you said before, did not come from a venture background, but pretty soon, uh, I was indoctrinated and I had to learn pretty quickly. And, uh, I followed the companies that our crowd was launching. We invested, uh, in over 20 of them. Uh, and then, I sort of understood what we like to call the power of the crowd. And I thought to myself, I can really add value here. And I started helping uh, some of the companies that we invested in uh, where I knew uh, people that operated in those industries uh, and made capital introductions on behalf of one company. Uh, and one thing sort of led to another. I spoke with John at a conference in America uh, about what it was like to invest in a crowdfunding platform from an investor perspective. Um, and then, uh, in April, after our crowd, uh, raised $25 million, John asked if I would join the team in New York. And it was a very difficult decision because I work for my family. Uh, it's something that I'd done, uh, for over four years. Uh, I'd built, uh, a real estate portfolio. But the opportunity to work with our crowd and the terrific team, uh, on such exciting things was really too good to turn down. And uh, it was the team coupled with the great companies that we're investing in with the opportunity to work for a company that is so keenly focused on Israel uh, that really made it a no-brainer for me to transition completely out of my family office and devote uh, my full attention and full time uh, to our crowd. So it's an honor, really, for me to be a part of the team and... Uh, it's been a busy couple of months, but it's been a very fulfilling couple of months professionally, and uh, I'm just so excited to be a part of the tremendous team uh, that our crowd uh, has assembled. Okay. So, per- first of all, awesome. It's, it's exciting to hear people speak with enthusiasm and excitement, but also that sense of altruism in terms of the enhancement of what's going on in Israel. Um, c- c- could you share with us, and maybe the, the concept of turning missiles into furniture shopping is the coolest uh, company that you've had both exposure to um, and that you guys have funded, but <clears throat> uh, pardon me, can you um, maybe walk through one or two other interesting companies that you've seen that have sort of been those gotcha moments that, that you said, this this is cool, this is different, this is something that's exciting? Yeah, I mean, I'd be happy to. I mean, the one of the most interesting uh, companies that we've funded is a company called Consumer Physics, uh, which developed a product, is in the process of developing something called the SCIO, uh, S-C-I-O, uh, which is the first pocket-sized molecular spectrometer. Uh, and what that means is, for the non-scientists out there, myself included, uh, is these Israeli scientists have spent the past three years developing uh, a gadget uh, smaller, much smaller than a remote control, uh, about the size of, I guess, your pinky, depending on the size of your hand, that enables you to scan uh, an object. You could go to a grocery store and click on three different watermelons, and this device would tell you through uh, uh, a cloud-based algorithm that's linked to your phone which watermelon is the ripest. You could... Uh, click on a, a chair and see what the biological makeup of the chair was. And that's called the Internet of Things. And what that will eventually do is, as more people use this product after it's launched in a few months, uh, is there will be a gigantic database of matter. Uh, and that, you know, has so many different applications. Uh, it has applications in the medical field. I mean, you can click on 
if if you have two pills in front of you, you can you can click on one with this device and then on the other, and you'll be able to tell which is the generic aspirin and which is the Bayer aspirin. I mean, that is really the most exciting technology that most people have seen, and I encourage you to uh, look at the the video uh, on our website. There's also a video on Kickstarter uh, about this company called uh, Consumer Physics, and the product was called Sio. Uh, that's something that you really have to see uh, to believe. Uh, you can literally take this little contraption and click on anything, and it will tell you what it is and what its molecular components are. And it's just an astounding technology. It's the first time that a uh, molecular spectrometer has been shrunk into pocket size because previously the, the devices were much larger. Uh, there's a number of other uh, companies. Uh, we're funding a terrific company right now called MetaWare uh, that eliminates prescription drug errors uh, in hospitals, and it uses advanced um, software and algorithms to prevent doctors from accidentally prescribing the wrong medication to a patient. Um, so a lot of the companies, I think we're sort of tapping into a theme here, a lot of the companies that we invest in uh, are companies that help people, uh, that help save lives, uh, that help uh, keep people more secure uh, in the instance of some of our cybersecurity companies, uh, that help people uh, live a more healthy life. Um, so we're investing in companies that do a lot of good. Well, that's going to make everybody feel pretty good about that also. Um, just from from – you mentioned Kickstarter, which is a company or a site that many people are familiar with. I believe I heard this story from John, but if, if you wouldn't mind sharing with our audience – what was the advantage to our crowd introducing the product to Kickstarter as well and, and how that wound up playing out on both sites? Sure. Uh, well, this is a great story. So Consumer Physics, the company that developed SIO, which is the uh, molecular spectrometer that I referred to earlier, uh, we raised over $3 million for them and, con- and in equity-based crowdfunding. So investors who invested in the company through us got equity in the company Consumer Physics. The company, concurrent to our round of funding, also launched a round of funding on Kickstarter, which is a non-equity-based rewards crowdfunding platform. So if you give a company money on Kickstarter, you get a T-shirt or you get first dibs on the product launch, which in this case was the SIO. So we thought that it would be interesting if Consumer Physics launched a round on Kickstarter also to drum up consumer demand. Uh, in anticipation of the product launch. So we completed our round of funding, and then the company went to Kickstarter, and I believe, I I think it was something like this, in 24 hours they'd raised over $1 million on Kickstarter. They've raised close to $3 million on Kickstarter now, and this is all non-equity-based, so people are not getting a piece of the company. They're getting, uh, you know, an early... Uh, model of the product, uh, they're getting a beta testing kit. Uh, so we found, uh, because of that launch on Kickstarter, that you know we believe that there will be tremendous consumer demand uh, for this product when it's, when it's launched uh, in, in the coming months. Uh, so right. that was an uh, interesting essentially way. Essentially, you enabled an outstanding pre-sale uh, to generate you know, sales before there's even actually a product finalized. Correct. Well, there is a product, but they're you know building it out and, and rolling out uh, production capabilities. But yes, uh, that's that's basically what we did, and we thought that was an interesting way to combine equity-based crowdfunding with non-equity-based crowdfunding uh, for the benefit of one of our portfolio companies. Yeah, and I, I think that also illustrates to our audience, you know, the power of the crowd, and uh, you know, three million bucks. I, I, I don't know how many. Electrospectrometers. I don't think I said any of those words correctly. Uh, that represents, um, but it's 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 a big world, and that's a interesting device. And it, it's it certainly is indicative of the it, to me. It would be indicative of the demand for that device once it, you know, gets uh, mass produced and is is uh, is readily available uh, for everybody. And that that's <clears throat> to me, you know, a, a very interesting uh, use of leverage of of you know different types of crowdfunding. Um, and I, I, th- I think that's pretty cool. Um, if you'll share one more company with us, uh, that would be awesome. And then we'll, you know, we'll have an opportunity to give out uh, <laughs> your contact info on the website once more. And, and we'll, uh, it'll be another great episode of Tech Talk. 
Sure. Well, I just want to thank you again for having me. It's been really great talking with you, RA, and uh, I appreciate all the listeners for tuning in. Uh, you know, one last company. I, we talked about companies that, uh, that that help people out. One of our one of our great companies that we invested in early on uh, is a company that many people might be familiar with, and, and some people might not be. Uh, is a company called Argo, uh, which developed an exoskeleton called the Rewalk, uh, which helps uh, people who are bound to wheelchairs uh, walk again. And uh, it's an unbelievable device. And actually, somebody completed the London Marathon who was previously paralyzed uh, by using one of these uh, Rewalk uh, exoskeletons. And that uh, is pending FDA approval in America, it's, it has widespread use in Europe, uh, and we believe that's a company uh, that's really off to great things and has already helped uh, many, many people uh, enhance their lives uh, who were confined to wheelchairs, uh, you know, unfortunately and sadly, uh, but it's enabled them to lead better, uh, more fulfilling and productive lives. And that sort of gets to the whole thesis of our crowd. We invest in companies that can help people, that make the world a better place, uh, and that really speaks to the culture of the company itself. Uh, we have a terrific group of people who care about each other, who care about the companies that we invest in, and who care about our investors. Uh, and that's sort of what we've been doing at Our Crowd for the past two years, and uh, I guess that's sort of it. Well, you, you lost me at the fact that somebody who wasn't previously able to walk completed the London Marathon, and I'm, <laughs> I'm just picturing my mind. Um, well, they, so they, what, the, what, I guess I didn't do a good job of explaining what this device does. It's an exoskeleton that wraps around a person's body and enables them to freely use uh, their legs uh, and walk again. Uh, so for paraplegics... Uh, they can actually get up out of a wheelchair with the help of this exoskeleton and walk. Um, and it's a revolutionary medical technology. Uh, and someone wearing one of these devices completed the 26.2 miles of the London Marathon, uh, and they were previously confined to a wheelchair. Uh, and that, that's a pretty that remarkable is, That is just so incredible. I, that, that, that's just a cool... It's a cool concept. It's a, and and you know, thank thank God. That's that's just really awesome. It really is, and uh, we're proud to invest in a company like that. And uh, you know, we uh, we think it's a terrific company. Now, now I, I did promise that the last question was the last question, but I, I'm reneging on that uh, for one more question from from a. Exiting, how do your investors exit? How does that, what, what's the ideal sort of life cycle, if you will, of an investment in our crowd? Well, I mean, I think investors have to understand that investing in early stage companies is highly, is, is risky. It's a risky endeavor. Um, and it takes time. It takes time for companies to grow. It takes time for companies to mature. It takes time for companies to develop and cultivate business relationships that lead to revenue and earnings growth. Um, so I think an investor investing in our crowd should be prepared to uh, invest in a portfolio, you know, that lasts for a number of years. You know, it, it takes time. And I, I think it's difficult to pin down, you know, when is this company going to exit? You know, when is that company going to exit? It depends for each company. And we invest in companies in different stages. So for some, it could be sooner than others. Uh, we're working on a few exits now. But our portfolio is relatively uh, young. Some companies are more mature than others. So it's a that's a very difficult question to answer. Right? But, uh, you know, we actively are, uh, you know, working to make sure that our investors receive the best possible returns on their money they possibly can. Uh, and that includes successful exits. Sure. Um, so and I, always... I only brought up that question because I think that that you know spending you know an hour with you, uh, which we very much appreciate both your time and your willingness to answer pretty much every question. Um, you know, I, to to me, it's just there, there's a lot of enthusiasm. I think there's excitement. I, I'd like and encourage all of our uh, audience to go uh, first. of all, to email you, Andrew at our crowd. Go to the website ourcrowd.com. Uh, there's no better way to educate yourself other than you can listen to this, uh, you know, uh, in our archives after on Tech Talk on the Nachum Siegel Network uh, and listen again and reach out to Andrew. And I'm sure he'll take time 
and to speak with you, but uh, but one shouldn't think that that a ten thousand dollar investment or a half million dollar investment is going to automatically you know uh, go up by five hundred percent, even with the best people in startup in Israel or some of the best people in startup in Israel in a new way in order to be able to invest in all of those different things. This is still within within the world of investment. Uh, a risky endeavor, it's an exciting endeavor, it's an attractive endeavor, but th- there is certain risk, and, and as they say, I guess, in finance, uh, uh, you need to find where, where the risk matches the reward that you anticipate potentially getting. That's true, uh, and we certainly hope that the rewards will be high, uh, and we do everything we can to mitigate risk, um, and we hope that that uh, works out well for our investors, and uh, we anticipate that, that it will. Um. Yep. Okay, and that that that's the important thing. So, just as the uh, the last point again for our audience, please go check out ourcrowd.com. Have an opportunity to email Andrew at ourcrowd.com. Andrew, on behalf of uh, myself, Tech Talk, and the Nachum Siegel Network, really wanted to thank you for spending the time with us. We look forward to getting uh, periodic updates uh, about you, our crowd, and the companies that you've invested in. I, I know that you are. Uh, on one of our companies and, and, and rising stars that we'd like to watch and, and pay very careful attention to. So uh, thank you for your time, and we look forward to staying in touch. Well, thank you very much for having me. I really appreciate it, and we will definitely stay in touch. And I want to say what a privilege it's been to be a part of your radio show, and I want to thank you, and I want to thank all of your listeners uh, for making this such an interesting show. It's been really great talking to you, R.A., and I look forward to speaking to you again in the near future. Thank you, Anne. Andrew, really, really a pleasure. Wanted to remind everybody that they've listened to Tech Talk here on the Nachum Siegel Network. I'm your host, Arye Leitzer, and we just had what to me was a, a pretty eye-opening hour with Andrew Scharf from Our Crowd, um, ourcrowd.com. You can listen to us on jmintheam.org or nachumsiegel.com. As always, we are proud to be sponsored by our friends at Adorama Camera, more than just a camera store. Please check them out online at adorama.com or visit them in person at 42 West 18th Street. Uh, I know a lot of you have uh, young men and young women heading off to Israel or college or wherever else it would be next year. They need to get uh, the right stuff ready to go so they can succeed academically in any other way where they go. You know, check out our friends at Adorama. We're, we're privileged that they support us on our show. Um, they offer excellent prices and phenomenal um, um, product, so uh, make sure you have an opportunity to go ahead and, and to speak with them. Uh, this was a, an exciting show. To me, it's a, it's a nexus of, you know, the Israeli startups, uh, ultimately, what do those products do in order to create good, uh, but also how do investors, and not just the big investors, but uh, but many of us listening here on the on the uh, radio or through the app or online, uh, who have some dollars that we'd like to put in higher risk, higher return um, opportunities, how do we possibly gain from that? How do we get exposed to that without being taken advantage of? And our crowd certainly seems like, a, if not the way in order to be able to do that for many people who otherwise might not have the resources to do it uh, in that specific direction. We always try to tie Tech Talk into uh, either some of the newer companies. Andrew, I think, discussed a lot of the new companies that uh, that are out there in a pretty interesting way. T- to me, you know, the, the, the two things that ring clear for me, from the companies that Andrew discussed, outside of the opportunity to invest and to be a part of things that, that I think are probably as objectively pretty exciting, um, the ability for somebody who hasn't walked before to have an opportunity to walk, I mean, that that's just as incredible as it can possibly be. <coughs> um, excuse me. And the, the second piece, I think in addition to that, was uh, – uh, you know, the company where you take missile technology and you turn that into an e-commerce shopping experience. And uh, and I think there's a lot of brilliance in that. And, and to me, you know, you see another Israeli military technology uh, being used in a way that uh, that I'm sure many of the young men and young women in the Israeli Defense Forces would rather use it. And that's to... Uh, to, to enhance a uh, uh, piece at home <laughs> where a husband or wife may go out and buy something that might not fit the way it wants to, but, you know, to do things for, for the betterment of society 
um, in a peaceful and appropriate fashion. Unfortunately, a lot of that technology gets fashioned under pressure and in in, in military circumstances. But it's uh, it's beautiful to see when uh, when that pivot is made. I want to thank everybody for listening to us here on Tech Talk on the Nachum Siegel Network. Uh, this is Arya Lightstone. Until next week, have an outstanding week and uh, keep your eyes on the news. There's always something new happening here in the world of tech, in the world of Israel, and uh, and how investors can hopefully profit on that. Thank you.